Welcome everybody, filibuster freestyle coming to you from a quarantined section of the house. Not in the studio, we might have wild acoustics in a good way or wild acoustics in a bad way because if you've been on planet Earth since March of 2020, you know what I tested positive for and you know why I am quarantining from the rest of the people who are in the studio or where I live, or anywhere else for that matter. The Celtics are up against it. They're on the edge of a cliff. Theme song's coming, and we bring in Marky Sal to break down what's gone wrong here in games four and five, and what can we hope for, both historically and in our heart of hearts, if you will, going into game six to hopefully force a game seven, if possible. Filibuster, filibuster freestyle. All right, folks, Marky Sal joins us. Welcome, Marky. How's it going, first of all? Oh, fantastic, man. Well, other than the loss, but other than that, great. Yeah. So you referenced the Game 5 loss by the Celtics out in Golden State, and you know, we had told folks that we would come back for game following game four, but, you know, the, the series kind of played out in the first four games the way we said at the outset that, you know, we'd be okay with, which was any combination of two to two Celtics Warriors you could live with with a young team in their first finals playing a team that's in their sixth finals in eight years in terms of their nucleus. But I will say this, Marky, obviously in game three, the Celtics played well enough to give themselves a cushion for their turnover problems and, and wound up winning that game. In game four, it kind of came to bite him in the, in the butt, if you will, because Steph played out of his mind. He kept them close enough. The cushion didn't exist, and they ran out of gas in the last five minutes of game four with a chance to go up three to one. So though I said no matter how you get to two to two, we'd be okay, um, especially knowing what we now know about game five. But did you think the Celtics ran out of gas or were figured out or just were victims of being careless for four games in a row and came out two to, I don't know, where, where did you feel after game four in terms of blown opportunities or getting figured out or just running out of gas? Any, any, any and all of the yeah. above. Yeah. I think, I think, um, I think it's mostly like, you know, careless with the ball. We talked about the inconsistency and that's, that's where that starts. And then also Steph Curry, just, you know, being the best shooter in history yes. and living up to that. Yes. And being the best shooter in history makes it really hard if your team kind of thrives on the drama of we turn the ball over a lot ourselves, but we force a lot of turnovers. Because I think we said this at the beginning of this series, the Warriors' degree of difficulty is lower because they have more options to win and score points because they have the greatest shooter of all time on their team. And he kept them single-handedly in game four long enough for you know, everybody else start making shots and for the Celtics to get cold. In game five, what I really hate is that, that this was the game where Steph scored 16 points and had a tough night shooting. And Andrew Wiggins decided to be the best version of himself in the history of his life. He might have even got himself a max, super max deal out of his performance last night. Andrew Wiggins stepped up. Boston didn't have an answer for him. And now, even though you weren't planning on winning game five, Unfortunately, game five is the game where Steph laid an egg, respectively, to his first four games 
So where are you feeling around getting your head around the fact that in his one bad game of the series, scoring-wise, the Celts didn't, again, they were sloppy at very least. Yeah, in, in one sense, in one sense, that's that's definitely brutal to, to have to deal with that. You, you kept Steph to 16 points and you still lose. Yes. Um, now, now, the thing that you got to think about with that is, is if they weren't covering Steph that way, would Wiggins have got 26? Probably not. No, right. Right. No, no. But but it's still, you know, it's so that was a calculation that you could say, you know, maybe that was, um, you know, Ime's mistake or or would you do that? Would you do that same strategy again? I, I don't I don't know. You know, like they were basically like face guarding Steph the whole time with, you know, just almost like a not a box in one, but. The person who who was who was you know on staff at the time wasn't worried about anything else. Their you know their one assignment was making sure that he hopefully didn't even touch the ball. Right. Um, so so uh, you know all that being said, it, it, it's it's definitely tough to swallow, and it's and it's a tough loss, especially with the with with the turnovers. It's it's brutal. Well, because it's almost like you and you employed that strategy. But the fact that you couldn't take care of the ball yourself, again, it's kind of you, you, it's, no, it's an own goal to use a soccer term, right? Like if you make free throws and take care of the ball, that strategy was genius, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and so now, now I ask the question, I guess, which is, and again, I don't want to get off of game five yet, but you know, the good news about going to Boston for game six is if you employ the same strategy as game five, even if they now are ready for it, do the role players go off the same way they go off at home? And do your role players in Boston stay as weak as they were last night? Because they did not give the Celtics a lot of points off the bench last night. So it's almost like you picked the right strategy but the wrong arena, but you also needed to win that game, so you needed to throw that strategy out there. So do you think do you think we'll see more of the same in game six defensively? Like let's make everybody else beat us besides Steph, especially on the road? I, I think you will. Um, and back to the point that you were making, I also think that, you know, all that stuff about, you know, playing at home and role players playing differently, different places. I feel like this playoffs has kind of like thrown that out, out of the window as far as like, True. you know, home being the advantage that it used to be. I think, you know, teams are definitely thriving more you know, when, when they're don't have home court advantage, but I think that, you know, when you're talking about game six at the garden, I think there will be a benefit there to be at home. And, um, yeah, I think you just kind of have to, I mean, at the very least, you just, you have to respect Steph's ability. So I, if you don't do that exact same thing, you're doing something close, right? To 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 make sure you you're always all over, basically. Yeah, I mean, I think you. I agree. I think you have to. You can't. He's a big game player, right? And this is an elimination game for them. They win, they're the champs. He's not afraid of the limelight. He's not. Clearly, he absolutely murdered the Celtics in public in Game Four and loved every second of it, right? So. He had a seven-point possession that he started in game three. Like, he loves playing in the garden and he ain't afraid. So I think you can't let him get off and beat you if at all possible and take your chances with mere mortals, many of whom are incredible players in their own right, including Clay Thompson, who, you know, up until two years ago, people would say is also one of the best five shooters of all time. And maybe he still is. Um, but unquestionably, he's the, Steph Curry is the greatest shooter in the history of the game. 
and he loves the limelight and he loves the big stage. And so you got to try to take the air out of the ball for him, I think, on Thursday night. You have to. And you can Absolutely. live with it. And, and I think that, you know, one of the big storylines going into the second half of this series is the reemergence of Clay. Yes. We, we didn't know if we were going to see this at all. Oh, I, I think I did call that he was going to have a 25-point game. Yeah. And then, and then this next one, he had 21. And so, and so it's definitely the, the reemergence of clay. Now, one thing that I kind of, I, I just, a random point that I could make here is that I, early on in the series, I was saying, wow, Jalen Brown looks like the better player, the more complete player. I, I still think that he is, but, you know, in the past couple of days, uh, past couple of games, Clay has kind of outperformed him for sure. Right. And then you have the emergence of Wiggins on top of it. And then you need Brown at his best. And I do think this Warriors team, by virtue of how well they're coached and how much they've been here before, you know, if like, they'll figure you out. So you have to find a way to, to rise a level two, you know. So um, let me ask you this. So Okay, you've got I've got a lot of ways I can go here. Sorry. Um, I think I think what I want to do is talk about well, any other thoughts from games three, four, or five? I guess I'll I'll give you that first, and then I want to get into game six thoughts and stats and, and you know feelings. My my one my one thing is that is that this iteration of the Warriors, I don't think it's their their best. Yep. And I think if they do end up winning this series, you, you know, watching watching the two teams play when they're playing at their pinnacles, you, I, I still think that the Celtics are a better team. But obviously, that doesn't matter. What 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 matters is that it seems like Golden State's experience is really the thing that that's helping them out so far. Yes. It seems like Boston is almost you know not ready for the stage and 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 that just from a mental toughness point of view and like keep and not like falling apart like skill wise and and defensively obviously and and they have the superstars so they're ready in that sense but i just think it's like the the mentally ready and the maturity level that golden state has because they've been through it all totally and i, and I think that you know we'll get into a couple of the years they were in the finals in their first five-year run but you know, the 2019 season, you know, basically that was Clay blew an ACL, Kevin Garnett blew an ACL, Raptors really came together, Kawhi was playing out of his mind, and it was all on Steph, and there wasn't any other options. But, you know, you throw that one out, um, the way they won the 2015 title against the Cavs, and the Cavs were kind of shorthanded with Kyrie and Kevin Love being hurt. You know, in some ways, I kind of feel like all that experience, all that adversity, all that seasoning, the Celtics are trying to learn it in the, over the course of two months. And yeah, the Warriors have learned it over the course of eight years. And so it's just a lot to have to go up against unless there are some injuries or unless there are just some freakish things that happen. For instance, like game, game one in the fourth quarter when the Celtics couldn't miss from three. So I totally agree with your point, and it's like you know, it's it's, it's a years for it's a years of experience really versus like ten years of experience, or maybe you know whatever. So let's let's get into some nuggets because everybody's talking about Celtics in seven, and I really want to spend very little time on Game Seven because guess what, everybody, Game Seven doesn't exist yet. <laughs> but I do want to put some things out there because I don't know that there will be a Game Seven, and if there is, 
you know, you and I will probably wait until it's over before we talk about it, not, not you know, before it. So, right. okay, some nuggets of hope just for a series in general. 2016 Warriors, the only team to blow a 3-1 lead, but the issue there, Draymond got suspended for a game. The Cavs had LeBron, um, but they won Game 7 on the road. So that's, you know, Game 7 has been won on the road, and I'm going to get into that in a minute. As recently as 2016, all you need is to get Draymond kicked out of one game and uh, LeBron on your team, and, you know, you're good to go. So a nugget of hope. The 2010 Lakers were down 2-1 to to the Celtics and then 3-2 to to the Celtics, but won game 6-7, and seven, however, at home. But also Kendrick Perkins got hurt in the middle of game 6. The Lakers were one of the biggest teams in the league that year, rebounding-wise. The Celts just couldn't overcome that. But again, 2010, down 2-1. You know, down 3-2, Lakers came back and got it done, but again, at home for both games. So, really quickly, Marky, the 2016 Cavaliers are one of four teams to come back and win Game 7 on the road. The other three all happened before you and I were born. The 78 Washington Bullets, the 74 Boston Celtics, and the 69 Boston Celtics, in which I believe was Bill Russell's final game ever. So, in theory... All you need is either LeBron James or Bill Russell or, though, have a little bit of that Celtics mystique. So we really got to be banking on that Celtics mystique because teams are 4-15 and all-time on the road in NBA Finals Game 7s. So you're saying there's a chance, but also to quote one of your favorite movies of all time, Marky, Owen Wilson's character from Armageddon, scariest environment imaginable, (laughs) is all I had to say. So anyway, but... As I said a minute ago, screw Game 7. It doesn't exist right now. I want to spend time talking about how to get back to San Francisco one more time. Um, but I also, you know, will give you some time at the end to, to, to or even now, to talk about, you know, waxing poetic on what it would be like to be the fifth team ever to win Game 7 on the road in the NBA Finals. Yeah, I mean, I mean it, 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 it currently feels like you know, such a such a steep climb, right? Yeah. And and the the thing the thing that that gives you some hope is like this is the team that could do it. This is the Correct. team that did turn around. Correct. Uh, uh, you know, and and did go. You know, have their players meeting and call each other out and, and figure it out, right? But how many times can you do it? You right. know, it's like we've already done it in the in the regular season, and I feel like we've done it in this playoffs already. So I'm I'm hopeful. Yeah. I'm hopeful, and 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 that's where I got to leave it. Hopeful. Yeah. Um, but yeah. but I do the Owen Wilson character. I I think that that is an that is a perfect analogy, and and I feel like I felt like that. Going into the Golden State, right? Yes. Like when I knew we were playing Golden State in the finals, I was Owen Wilson at that time. Um, so we'll see. Correct. Now I would say this: you already alluded to one thing. This team was under 500 through more than half of the season, right? They've been a better road team than a home team throughout the playoffs until last night, arguably, but there's still a chance to prove that. Um, they are a team that inexplicably beat the Bucks at home in Game 5, or at, at the Bucks' home in Milwaukee, then blew the opportunity in Game 6 to close out the series, only to go back to Milwaukee to beat the Bucks again in Game 7. They are the team that seized control of the Heat series by winning in Miami at Game 5, and then blowing the opportunity to close the series out at home 
and then going to Miami and winning a game seven. And by the way, the Celtics won game seven at home, sorry, in the Bucs series. So they've won a game seven at home. They've won a game seven on the road. They started 23 and 25 or something like that on the year. So, so it is a coin flip of if any team is going to do it, this team has the chops because they've learned about it over the last five months, or are they going to get that dramatically lucky, fortunate, I'll say, one more time after turning around their season and turning around two playoff series that looked like they were dead in the water? Mm, we'll see. It starts with taking care of the basketball, though, I'll tell you that much. Um, go ahead. No, no, agreed, agreed. Uh, taking care of the basketball, uh, playing with with some composure. You know, if I, I feel like if if we if we play to, to to a consistency level that we know that we can get to, right? I I, I put our chances at fifty point five percent chance of winning. Five zero point five. Is that what you said? Play close to our perfection. Yes. To have a you know pretty much a 50 50 chance of winning this thing but i'll take it right it's like there are things that happen in sports that are like you know the the, the way that the ball falls absolutely or, or, or luck or you know the referees you know making either a good call or a bad call getting you know a, a player like um you know andrew wiggins or, or clay thompson you get them into foul trouble which right, they right. were in we didn't necessarily do the right job of attacking them when they were in foul trouble. Right. If we do that, that could be the difference. So a lot of variables, but you know, we just got to play to our potential to get, put ourselves in a position to take advantage of those, the bounce of the ball. Totally. And I'll tell you this right now, it's game six or bust. Uh, you know, I would say this is a pride game, right? Like you don't want to lose the championship on your home floor for a number of reasons. Um, so you've got everything to play for, including, you know, giving yourself a chance to play for it all in Game 7. Uh, so I'm just kind of saying this is a pride game, right, number one. Number two, you know, find the other level you've done it before. Make the Warriors earn it. You know, send it back to California. And win or lose, frankly, if you go seven, you can keep your heads held high. You know, I think, you know, to lose Game 4 and then, then potentially Game 6 on your home court and lose three in a row to lose the series – that feels a little bit like a team that never gets punked, getting punked at the worst time possible. It's still a great season, but you leave with like a weird taste in your mouth. I feel like even if you push it to Game 7, especially virtual, virtually of the stats I just gave you, by the way, I'm not in my right mind right now uh, sickness-wise, so virtually the stats makes no sense, but you guys get what I mean. Here's what I'm saying. Don't get punked. Get the win. Force a Game 7. Anything can happen. Kevin Garnett, anything is possible. And Mark, yeah, I'm with you, I think, in my heart, the Celtics have slightly better than 50% chance to do this. I think in my head, Warriors in six, and in my gut, Warriors in seven, unless the ball bounces the way it needs to. But, you know, in my heart and in my gut, we're playing on Saturday or Sunday in a game seven. And, and frankly, when you dig yourself this kind of hole, that's all you can ask for. That's all you can ask for is to play game seven. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, one thing that I'll add add to it is one thing that I feel decent about momentum wise yeah. is that Tatum had kind of a, a what could what could be a, a springboard game this past game because he was definitely struggling. Yep. But you saw in that um, third quarter, I think it was, especially where you know he he was getting some j- shots to drop and 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 he looked like he was at his peak confidence. Now in the fourth <laughs> quarter, he was gassed, and you know there were a couple of air balls. But I do think 
for a player like him focusing on on what he was able to do well and um and I think he could build off of that in his next game. So yeah, looking there you forward go. to that. I mean if you can get a if you can get a great a very good to great Tatum game with some good with two other guys stepping up, whether it's a couple role players really stepping up or like Jalen going off too and then another guy. If you can but that's all very possible. We've had many games like that. If you can very get possible. if you can get that combo and then not throw the ball around and then nothing weird happens to you, or the flip side, if you can do some of those things and something weird happens to the Warriors, all you need to do is come out of that game at the W. And then again, game seven, we'll worry about that if it happens, but anything literally can happen. And even though in the NBA the history isn't great for the road team in game seven, Again, I, I will take this team in a one-game do-or-die because every time this team's back is against the wall, they've found a way, and right now they are the only team for Game 6 whose back is against the wall. I think I think I, I agree with you 100%. If we get Game 6, we're going to feel good going into Game 7. Right? Correct. If we get Game 6 and we're able to kind of you know put those demons behind us all those missed foul shots that we didn't even talk about yep. but if we were able to if we're able to turn the page on that come on win game 6 man i feel like we're going to have you know that momentum is definitely going to be on our side you know there's things stacked against us playing in san francisco but I, this team is capable we but as you said game 7 with you know, pretend that you've never even heard of Game 7 at this point. Right. Because the only thing that matters to anyone on the planet is Game 6. Right. But don't, you know, but but to your point, don't don't let us win Game 6. <laughs> as Kevin Millar once said, don't let us win Game 6. And as the Bruins did in 2011, yo, sometimes you win Game 6 at home, and even though you're at the better team's place for Game 7 and haven't had a lot of success there, it's Game 7. It's Game, game seven. 7. So, precedent... Mixed sport metaphors everywhere, precedent everywhere. Numbers aren't great, but it's possible, it's plausible. But it's all about game six. It's not all about 18 anymore, folks. It's all about six. Nope. All, all about, about six. six. You gotta win six. So honestly, man, I'm excited. I think, to your point, in my heart, I've seen a lot of weird stuff happen in sports, right? I've seen an undefeated Patriots team lose on a helmet catch by a guy who never played an NFL game again. Right? Shit happens. I'll swear on the pod. It happens. So until the final whistle blows, until the buzzer sounds, until the Warriors are champs, I will go 50.5% with my guy, Marky Sal. I love the I love the just north of 50-50 odds. I will take those odds. And, I, and all that matters is game six. And I'll take those odds for game six as well. You're saying this chance. I'm saying there's a chance. I love it. Anything else on your end, Marky? No, no. I mean, just in in case this is the end, man. What a what what a wonderful season it has been. And and as you know, like we mentioned before, like um, just being able to enjoy it with my family, my son. Like it's 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 been awesome. So so hopefully hopefully we'll be talking. You know, Sunday night and uh, on Father's Day, me and you will be able to. Wow, to it's my first Father's Day. How, how awesome this is, but. For, for right now, it's, it's man, hopeful, hopeful, positive, and we'll see what comes. Right. Well, number one, to everybody, happy Father's Day out there. Uh, number two, well said. Number three, no matter what happens in game six, I feel like you and I will have to cl- close this out officially. But 
I think you did a really good job of setting the stage of like, if this is the end, that'll probably be a short pod. But um, <laughs> there's a there's a chance it won't be. So maybe not. maybe not. So we'll see, everybody. We will see. But it has been one of the fun one of the fun playoff runs, regardless. And uh, there's at least one more game. So that's what we're talking about here. Marky, stick around for a minute, and uh, everybody else, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Thanks as always, Marky, for being on. Boom. You're welcome.